0: Welcome to the Good Doctrine Podcast, where we believe that Good Doctrine establishes your good
1: living. I am Sean Pasley. I'm Josh Howard. Uh, we're on episode 118 of Good Doctrine Podcast, um, still international. How is it in yes. France, Sean? Banter.
0: Doing well. Yeah. Yes, uh, I can... You will probably hear the dulcet tones of European police, uh, not like in my room here, but uh, outside on the street, and uh, you might even hear some... Uh, smoking and Frenching outside. So, <laughs> Sm- it, 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 some it's, smoking it's, and
1: baguette consumption yeah, happening from, outside.
0: From 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 uh, this, well, you know, we always talk about the the sprawling studios of the Good Doctrine, but from from my sprawling Airbnb that's on street level in a in a in a French city, we're gonna we're gonna get some good good background noises. But it's it's been good. good. It's been good. Good. And I, and I wanted to say too before we start off, uh, you know, it's not. It's not difficult for for Josh and I to do this podcast, um, unless maybe it is Josh. Maybe seeing my face—it's taxing, weeks. but it's, yeah, <laughs> right. But it's not difficult for us to do this. But every once in a while, we 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 really we we we'll get an email or just a message or something that really is encouraging to us uh, and lets us know that there are people who are listening. I mean, we've this is episode one hundred and eighteen. Uh, to we've been doing this for three years, and there's people who are still listening to the very first ones and. And uh, and still are, uh, what, just wanting to hear about good doctrine and, and and kind of come along in these discussions with us. And we are very 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 grateful for everyone for sure. who is listening all, all over the world. And um, we're just we're we're excited to to keep this going. So if yep. if my face doesn't hurt you too much, uh, I suggest that we we keep it rolling.
1: Yep, that's why we're audio only here on Good Doctrine Podcast. <laughs> we have we have faces made for radio. Um, Sean, walk us into the. Uh, well, actually, I was going to jump into my little thing first, wasn't I? Well, um, you
0: know, I I, I could I, I can say this kind of give a give sure a yeah. roadmap at, at the at the beginning, but you know, we say good doctrine establishes good living. You know, that's what we pray every time uh, before we start this that that what we are presenting is good doctrine that will help uh, us and help you, the listener, establish uh, a good Christian living, good 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 Christian lifestyle, and so something that happened. Well, that was revealed this week, and we we talked about this two years ago, uh, but it was the State of Theology, right? Um, which is a, a survey done by Ligonier Ministries um, every two years on yep. just kind of the uh, well the, the the religious thoughts of American culture, but also specifically then um, evangelical Christianity. Right. So that is uh, you know the the questions posed in this. State of Theology Survey are what do you think about um, these religious topics essentially? So it you know it's it's questions about doctrine uh, and whether it's good or bad, we'll talk about it in a second. But then there are some other observations, and this is for the roadmap. There some other observations that uh, you know me personally I've made uh, over the past few weeks that I wanted to talk about, which really have to do with our Christian living. Um, so ho- hopefully this episode won't be too scattered or too you know, and it won't, it won't feel like we're just um, pulling stuff out of nowhere, but but we really do want to kind of summarize it in. Here is the state of doctrine as as far as you know, American evangelicals are concerned, and here are some items for uh, to, to consider, really for your own personal consideration for how you might live uh, a better Christian life.
1: Right, right, yeah. So the and and, and I I don't know. I kind of I kind of struggled with thinking. What sort of tone to present this in? Um, on the one hand, we don't want to be—we don't want to just be hand ringing Christians who say, you know, woe is us, and um, everything's falling apart, and um, you know, it's it's dreary every day, and everything we should be scared of. We don't want to do that. But on the other hand, I think that the, that when uh, when more of the building seems to be on fire than was two years ago, then we should you know ring the bell a bit louder and. Um, try to call people uh, to deal with the uh, deal with the rot and deal with the fire that's going on mm. within the the house of God, so to speak. Um, but anyway, if, if you take anything from these these five little observations from the state of theology, I would just say that we need good doctrine in the church, and we've yeah. we've been beating that drum now, like Sean said, for three years. But um, genuinely believe that that the uh, the church house needs good doctrine because when when surveys like this come out and we see. Um, even if these statistics are in the general realm of accurate, you know, nationwide, uh, they're shocking. So, five things mm-hmm. just in quick order. Um, so, like Sean said, you know, each of these questions is set up agree, disagree, and then they've got agree, strongly agree, or strongly agree, somewhat agree, uh, neutral, and then, you know, the same thing for the negatives. Um, the first question God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. So, again, just to reiterate the question, God accepts the worship of all religions, including not only Christianity, but then two religions, Judaism and Islam, that reject Christ um, as -hmm. the son of God. 58% of American evangelicals agreed with that statement, um, that God accepts the worship of all religions. Uh, second, Second one. 47% 47% of U.S. evangelicals, which is supposed to be the most, con- you know, one of the most conservative groupings of Christians within Amer- uh, American Protestantism, uh, 47% of evangelicals agree God learns and adapts to different circumstances. God learns and adapts to different circumstances. Third one, 44% of U.S. evangelicals agree that Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. Uh, and I'll let that one just sit for a minute. Mm. U.S. Evangelicals agree that the Holy Spirit is a force but is not a personal being. And then the last one, uh, 55% of U.S. Evangelicals agree that everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. So to to, to sum those up, as we were looking at those and thinking about good doctrine and good doctrine in the pew... um, the the last one was probably the one that I saw that generated the most buzz and the most discussion that everyone sins a little but most people are good by nature because it's pointing out that not only does the society around us believe that man is inherently good – um, not only does secular, the secular world believe that, but many Christians, and now even most evangelicals, agree with that. That's, that's a rejection of original sin. Uh, it's a rejection of biblical anthropology, which is to say, you know, the study of man. Um, that, that was a huge one, but, but far beyond that one, when I looked back to the other ones, most evangelicals, or at least right, at right hovering around half of U.S. evangelicals, are not Christian by definition yeah they yeah. they reject the personhood of the Holy Spirit they reject um, the divinity of Jesus they reject uh, the the and immutability of God um, yeah by definition half of those who are within our evangelical churches it, far beyond just being wrong in their beliefs they're not even Christian by definition that's shocking yeah
0: yeah the some of the discussion that I saw online surrounding uh the state of theology survey was that in the case of some of the questions, some people thought the wording might have been a little tricky—not um, not intentionally, but just a little a little tricky for some people. For example, the you, you said the second question or the second question you mentioned that God learns and adapts to different circumstances. We, I, I would outright reject that. I mean, it, it's a that's a, a heterodox view. It's it's or it's a, it's it's definitely not an orthodox view to say that God learns and adapts because what you're saying is that. That God changes His mind about certain things, especially about culture and about you know, well, uh, for example, I, I, know, I know there's a very specific question in the state of theology survey that said that God has changed His mind about homosexuality, which also had a lot of surprising answers. But um, the 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 key one that you said where it's it, it, it's not tricky at all. Jesus was a great teacher, but He was not God. Well, you cannot. That's a dogmatic. Uh, uh fallacy, you cannot say that Jesus was not God and still consider yourself an evangelical Christian. so well any kind of Christian, yeah, that's what the term Christian means is that you follow Christ the God, uh the god man um but uh yeah, yeah, so it's we, we you know we 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 did this where we looked through almost each uh question. Like a couple of years ago, when we did the last state of theology survey, we went through each question and we talked about it. And obviously, you know, we're not going to do that one here, but uh, it is important to recognize. Well, you know, not to be, not to beat be the, the dead horse, but uh, the state of theology. I mean, in the country, which I, I'd say ninety percent of the people who are listening to this live, um, this is this is what affects people's. Uh, not just their beliefs, but their actions, you know good right. doctrine does lead to good living, so you know by 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 that same note, bad doctrine would lead to to bad living right um and this is this is some pretty bad doctrine and and when you said the majority of and 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 these are these are results taken from those who consider themselves evangelical, mm-hmm. but the majority of evangelicals who say that mankind is inherently good are rejecting. The clear teaching of Scripture, just right. all over it, rejecting the clear, clear teaching of Scripture. Uh, the majority of evangelicals are agreeing uh, wrongly that the Holy Spirit is not a part of the Trinity; uh, that He's merely a uh, some sort of power, which right. you know I would I would kind of attribute to a lot of the uh, more charismatic teachings that that, that you see. Um, you know, where you take take control of the Holy Spirit and kind of manipulate him and, and use him for your own personal gain mm-hmm. uh that that's taught in the states well all all over the world but yeah this is it's it's concerning in the same way it was concerning two years ago um and i don't think it's time to to light the beacons of gondor but um <laughs> you where, laugh before i even like finish saying where that. were
1: you sean where <laughs> were you when the west fold fell
0: um nerd joke I, I, when when i uh it, it, it's concerning, but it doesn't mean the church is exploding. Okay. Um, yeah. To, in my opinion, this is a, a a great opportunity because it means the nominal, the the people who are who are just attracted to the fun youth group with with pizza and games, yep. the, the, the the seeker. Who there is none, but the seeker who is attracted by the seeker sensitive church. Right. They're not hanging out in church anymore. Right. There's no reason. There is no nobility in, in in being a Christian in the United States anymore. Right. Um, let alone in the majority of the Western world. But we're talking about the United States, so it presents a, for, in my opinion, a good opportunity for pastors to quit. With the with the the this, this garbage and to focus on just the clear word as it was taught from the very beginning and just teach that and the people that God calls to Himself will be attracted to the word and not the other gobbledygook. Right. And, you know when you when you quit taking the time for pizza and games, you can teach people about the person of the Holy Spirit. Right. And you can teach people about uh, man's inheritance of, that we've gotten from Adam, which was that we're all dead uh, in Adam. That 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 our father Adam, um, all we all we ever got with, and, and just like uh, David said in the Psalms, that in sin, you know, he said in sin my mother conceived me. Right. We are sinners from the beginning. Uh, so when you when you quit playing games, you have more opportunities to teach the truth. And so I don't think I don't think it's a good thing that the evangelical church in the United States. Is in this position, but I think it's a good opportunity for serious men of God to do the serious work, which is absolutely teach the truth.
1: Yep, no, it's good. Yep, um, so I guess, yeah, soft transition then. Um, <laughs> it wasn't soft, it was seamless. I'm, I'm okay. yeah, I need, I need my third cup of coffee this morning. Uh, so mm. today we went through a couple different titles for this kind of uh kind of arrived at an amalgamum of the titles What?
0: well I'll tell you I'm going to settle on the most clickbaity one and uh y- you're not going to know it until it, it the hidden the hidden shows... truth
1: that no one ever knew or something like that <laughs> maybe that no I think I think it should be judging from the content um Two guys on on doctrine podcast own libs with facts and logic. No destroys. We got to have destroys in there somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Walk us through this, Sean.
0: Okay, so that's definitely going to be part of it. But um, and I will say <laughs> a little disclaimer up front because I think the content of this podcast might. I mean, it would have encouraged me in an impressionable state to. Um, you know what do we say in reform circles? We talked about the cage stage, where 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 you learn something new about Christianity, and uh, and you just lash out at everyone right. like an animal who you needs want to, to be physically caged.
1: physically assault them <laughs> with this truth that you've discovered. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: And so that that's not how I'm presenting it. I, this this whole episode I'm offering up, you know, all the content is offered up for personal reflection. i um, i I've, I've, I've been very introspective uh, this week, and, and not in a Weird yoga way, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> introspective in in a personal piety kind of way. You know how, right. uh, how, how, especially about my prayer life. So, th- I want you to think through these, uh, the listener. I want you to think through these concepts and these topics prayerfully. And and um, you know, if I present them in such a way that's, you know, m- might lead you to go yell at your parents because they've been raising you wrong and and teaching you the wrong thing your whole life. That's not where right. I want it to go. Don't right. yell at anyone and blame it on me. Um, but one of the things that we've had, we've had a conversation, I think it was years ago. Um, no, it, I don't think it was years ago. I think it was in France at the time. But we called it, Who Do We Work With? Um, okay, yeah. And it and it was about, um, it was about like denominations, how can we work together? And we're not going to retread that ground. But I do want to kind of talk about, and, and there's various topics in this, but I do want to kind of talk about who we're hitching our cart to who we're who we're allowing ourselves to group be grouped under grouped with by our actions right So right. we just talked about doctrine you know how th- this is kind of the, the other side of the coin is you know how are we living our Christian lives and, and there's just some things that I've noticed and maybe we can talk you know we're, we're going to talk about these things like we're united under this banner or we're united for the sake of this And so the first one I wanted to talk about is united under entertainment. And uh, and that's just sort of a, the chapter title we'll say, but um, a couple of weeks ago I mentioned, I think I, I used the phrase the TGC effect or the Gospel Coalition effect, right? And um, uh, you know, I'm not we're not going to talk about the Gospel Coalition next necessarily, but there has been a trend over the years in uh, Christian journalism, Christian blogs, to uh, and it's. It really is obvious what the intention is. It's to get more clicks, get more views. But they, they'll they reference the latest Disney movie. So what's the latest thing that people are talking about now? Rings of Power, the, the 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 bad Amazon Lord of the Rings thing. We always talk about Lord of the Rings. It always goes back to Lord of the Rings. Bad um, says
1: you, Sean. We'll follow that one up later.
0: Okay, okay. Well, so... There's really this new hotness, whatever it is. It might be a Disney movie, might be Frozen, might be might be the Rings of Power, whatever it is. There's a trend in Christian journalism, and it didn't start with the Gospel Coalition. They just do it a lot. Which is here's how you can see insert Christian theme here in insert latest movie here. So here's how you can you know you can talk to your children about Christ's sacrificial love in the latest Frozen movie, and it's 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 silly at best in 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 my estimation it's silly at best it might get cl- clicks and views because it uses you know the latest buzzwords that that will get you uh your google uh, search engine optimization um you know working over time right but uh oftentimes you know, at, at the very at the very least it's unnecessary right. um and and i and i will say this this again these are issues for for personal reflection let's say so um when Game of Thrones well actually there's a new thing that's out now I don't know what it's called, but it's attached to Game of Thrones it's a spinoff or something house um,
1: of House of Fire House of Dragons house of something uh, how,
0: yeah house of the dragons so yeah. the that that's out now and uh, you know it doesn't have the same cultural weight as Game of Thrones did, hmm. but when Game of Thrones was out, a lot of people well a lot of people were doing one of two things writing articles to christians saying don't watch it it's you know it's at the it's softcore porn and it's you know mm. it's overly it's overly you know gruesome and it's not something a christian should watch or right. they were writing articles saying here's how you can see the redemptive qualities yada 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 you know in game of thrones or here's how you can address the culture here's how you can understand the culture based on what you see in game of thrones right uh, so my suggestion to the believing World to Christians who are listening to this is you do not have to be united and hitched to the culture based on the entertainment. Right? Because it, it imagine if we said and 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 as a as a amateur historian myself, I will say I, the gladiatorial games didn't all end in gruesome bloodshed and murder. It's not all like the the movie Gladiator. However, it would be weird for Paul to say uh, in in the Bible. Uh, give or give any sort of encouragement to the the early church to go to the the arena where the gladiators were were swinging swords and and killing or nearly killing each other or even being killed by what you know there were different right. different things that happened but it would be weird for him to say go engage your culture in that way so that you can understand your culture or so you can speak to your culture with with some sort of you know better knowledge right. because there's a lot of encouragement now to engage in inter and I'm, I say that because that the gladiatorial games were entertainment. It's weird that Christians encourage other Christians to engage with uh, entertainment, which is the the least necessary thing in your life. Sitting down in front of the TV is the least necessary thing you will ever do. Um, and just being, being, being spoon fed, um, you know, flashing, flashing lights that, that trigger some neurons. Um, if that's not too reductive, Mm. but, uh, uh, it's It's odd how Christians have made an excuse for for the content they consume to say that well, this is this is how i'm 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 learning about the culture I'm in or engaging the culture I'm in and i'll I'll tell you that one of the reasons why I have been thinking about it a lot is because as a missionary, that's all you ever hear about yeah. is oh, you and no one ever says you need to go walk the red light district and talk to the prostitutes to get some of the culture, but they might as well when they say like, watch this show, do this, go here, um, so that you can be a part of the culture, so you can really, you know, breathe it in, understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I, when I lived in Mississippi, I didn't go to, you know, where they were doing heroin. I didn't go to the, the, you know, when I lived in Memphis, Tennessee, I didn't walk the streets to try to get, you know, breathe in some of the culture so I knew how to properly address my culture. But it's an encouragement that for some reason um, a lot of Christians are... Subject to, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, as a matter for personal reflection, you do not have to be, and maybe this is a, a wider topic, but um, I do not think that you have to be, quote, a part of the culture, and if, uh, whatever culture you're in, to be an effective witness for the gospel or an effective Christian. Mm. So that may be like a, like a wider topic, but, but the only part of that topic was you don't have to subject yourself to sinful uh, entertainment,
1: all right.
0: to to be effective, to, to be able to speak into this
1: culture. So, yeah, and that and honestly, yeah, that, that could be a podcast topic in and of itself. But j- just thinking about what you were saying, though, so for a lot of Christians, you know, there's, uh, or even in seminary, if you take a missiology class, you take an evangelism class, they may talk to you about um, contextualization, you know, so you don't go to a culture that is completely a, a four-beat hymn would be very uh, foreign to them, and then you insist this is the only you know song you can possibly sing. So there, there's contextualization and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, a lot of the push it seems it seems like in in modern Christian circles, it's not too far removed from from a standpoint of epistemology. It's um, in order to speak to that culture, you have to speak from that culture. And the right, thing the right. thing that Sean's bringing up is, is that there's a huge difference between being in the world or being of the world. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's kind of referring to sinful categories, but but I think it holds here true. Uh, here, holds true here as well that um, if you are uh, trying to connect with the world, you don't have to be up on the latest pop culture in order to communicate the truths of Scripture to them. What, if anything, what the world is yearning for deep down is a message that is not the one they've been proclaiming. Otherwise, mm. otherwise, what message are we're not we're not just proclaiming a competing message in a in a multiplicity of, of, of uh, you know cultural standpoints? We're we're proclaiming God's truth.
0: Yes, and I'm... So this is good. I called it the the TGF, TGC effect, the Gospel Coalition effect, but they had a good article this past week on Shia LaBeouf. So this is exactly what I'm talking about, okay? Okay. So Shia LaBeouf, um, notorious for... he He's a method actor, which just means he's a bad actor, and, you know, unless wow. he... Whatever. Anyway, so... Because for a second he said he became a Christian when he was playing a Christian in some movie, but he's... Recently, he's playing in in a new movie, um, a Franciscan friar, I think it was, or or, or some, someone associated with the the, the priesthood in, yes. in Roman, Roman Catholicism, and so now he says that he's Catholic, he's Roman Catholic, and he's really pushing Mel Gibson of all people introduced him to the Latin Mass. So he's really he's talking about how in order to be a real Catholic, you have to you know forget uh, Vatican II, you got to go to the uh, the Latin Mass. Right. And what you said is. What the world wants to hear is, or what, what what the world needs to hear is not what sounds just like them, but is you know different and unique. And for sure, and uh, well, that's what he said. Is um, he he thought Protestantism was too fuzzy and tried to get on your side, but the Latin Mass is is unapologetic. It's like you don't understand this word. Too bad. This is what it, this is what we're supposed to do. Anyway, he, I thought it was funny that that he, came from he, the Gospel Coalition. Shia LaBeouf
1: is looking for a harsh and unyielding religion. <laughs> I, guess. I want something that's <clears throat> a hammer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, good for Shia. La- well, no, bad for Shia LaBeouf. But uh, anyway, that's that was that was that. It's just an object for your personal reflection. Um, I did not. I, I don't care if you watch SpongeBob. I don't know whatever it is. Uh, but it's just you do not have to engage with sinful culture in order to speak into sinful culture. And of all the things that we make an excuse for as Americans, it doesn't matter where you live as Americans, we make excuses about entertainment and like, it's the most necessary thing to us. Mm. Um, secondly, the, what's going to earn me a lot of backlash and maybe Josh, I don't know that. Um, well, I know we didn't really talk too much about these before we got in, but that makes it good. Cause we can have all the, the juicy discussion here, all the but fireworks, all the fireworks. So one of the things, and again, get back in your cage. One of the thing I, I didn't I'm, I'm saying about or I'm saying this and it's not it's not a, to initiate a fight but united for the sake of your family or, or for the sake of the family and uh, like I said this has more to do with your inter- individual perspective rather than your actions but one thing I have also noticed is Christians God fearing um, Bible believing and and and, uh, and and genuine believers gen- genuine faithful Christians will be dismissive sometimes of our unbelieving or even believing family members, uh, errant beliefs, right. so that we so that we don't rock the boat, we don't make Thanksgiving weird. Right. Um, and like I said, I'm not trying to start a fight. It's not about making Christmases impossible every time. Uh, I'm not saying invite your dad to, uh, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings and then tell him how his church is wrong and you go to the only true church. That's not what I'm saying. Mm. But a matter for reflection is um and and maybe you could say family friends coworkers just loved ones people that we do care about because maybe we knew them before we were a christian or you know maybe school friends or maybe uh we knew them before they were a christian and uh they became a christian and they don't go to our church but at least they're going to a church um the, we should not as believers, set aside good doctrine in order to play nice. Right. And um, again, don't don't go fighting anybody. Well, Please. and you're
1: and you're you're probably thinking a little more along the lines of those things we opened with the the state of yeah, theology the, the, type stuff. Why? Yeah, we're we're not talking about because we as Christians, you know, we we, we we constantly every Sunday I hope or every Lord's Day we practice. Um, a little bit of restraint maybe, you know? There's there's always going to be believers in your church that on on tertiary issues or or issues that you should not divide over, you'll have some disagreement. Maybe they have a different uh, perspective on an, a nuance of eschatology or, or something like that, and you say, okay, well, we disagree. It doesn't make it unimportant, but we're not going to divide over that. You're probably talking more about those major tenets of the faith, though, um, like yeah, people yeah. that have serious divergent beliefs from us.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, so I'll, I'll just be clear— I don't consider, if, if someone is a, is a devout Roman Catholic, I do not consider them a Christian. Um, I don't believe that they pray to uh, the Jesus of the Bible. Um, they, they also, they pray to other uh, people other than Jesus, um, but, you know, I wouldn't consider themselves a, 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 a Christian. If, if they're a devout Roman Catholic, that follows the, the, the teaching and the guidance and the decisions of the councils of the Roman Catholic Church. Um, that's my opinion. And I also think that they would fall on the um, opposite side, in these, these questions that we ask that, you know, who is Jesus? Who is the Holy Spirit? What's the, the nature of man? They would fall on the opposite sides of these things, you know, right. than, than the Protestant evangelical uh, should, um, or, I mean, the, 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 the Orthodox Christian should. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm talking about serious issues, like like, like issues leading to, to hell, um, not necessarily—or, not necessarily, you know, even backing up a little, it's not about music style. It's not like, well, I don't go to Grandma's church because they get real wild with the tambourine. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about that. I'm talking about I don't go to Grandma's church because they have women preaching uh, during the services, which is, you know, not uh, uh, allowed— Um, according to scripture so yeah these are these are serious things but you know a little scriptural encouragement and this is a passage that i think most of us have heard and there's 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 others like it but uh just for the sake of time i'll I'll read this passage which is matthew 10 16 through 23 and then jesus picks up the same thought again in verses 34 and 39 so i'll just read it all the way through and he says this behold i am and he's talking to his, uh, his his disciples You who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Mm. And later he says... Worthy of me. Whoever mm. finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So, Jesus, in no uncertain terms, um, and I wouldn't say he minimizes the importance of familial bonds, but he maximizes the importance of um, the bond between the individual and himself. Mm. Uh, our, our, ch- our first love is Christ, always. Um, and, and, and Christ recognizes that the message of the gospel, uh, that true Christianity will divide households. Um, mm. I mean, I've experienced it. Uh, my wife has experienced it. Many, many people—I would say most people listening have experienced a division in their household uh, because of the gospel, because right. of um, the truth. And uh, sometimes, some, something that can—because maybe when we want to avoid any more of that— we sort of are like like i use the term dismissive but we might be dismissive of some untruths in people's life or some some maybe even some dam, damning heresies in uh in someone's life because we just don't want to to be that you don't want to be that guy right. we don't want to be we don't want to be someone who you know we to drive someone away and that's that's admirable um but again jesus says he came to bring a sword uh and that will divide families and and it's not us doing the dividing, right? So it's not us who need to be locked in a cage, who are lashing out at our uh, at our family, saying you're you've got it wrong, and I've got the answers for you. But it is the clear message of the Bible, mm-hmm. and um, you know whether or not you share it in love, um, the truth will will separate. So I would, yeah.
1: It's 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 interesting in our day, and we've we've talked on this. Kind of on this theme before um, the theme of being winsome and, and that type of thing, but we, you know we live in a day when that's kind of the the cardinal virtue for the Christian is to be winsome, and, and in one sense we can kind of kind of uh, you know sympathize with that to an extent. Like we do want to be winsome if we can be, um, but you know what I mean when I say winsome? I mean like never say anything you know that might divide. Never never make a doctrinal stance because that's divisive. That that type of thing. Um, you and I, Sean, for for a few years now, have said that. Um, from at least from at least my perspective, my 2020 vision from where I'm standing, um, it seems that doctrinal minimism, uh, minimalism, excuse me, doctrinal minimalism is the issue in the church. It's not doctrinal uh, divisiveness or doctrinal maximism. You may have that in some circles. Some people may elevate doctrines. Um, you know, for example, we mentioned eschatology earlier. Some people make that a divisive issue to a level that it shouldn't be. Um, but if you were to just look across the board, what is the issue? I think it's that the church is, um, minim- minimalizing or minimizing uh, doctrines not, not yeah. maximalizing them and, and, and you know studies like the state of theology I think just b- bears that out that we have many professing Christians who can't even be bothered to think about um, orthodox definitions of who God is much less anything else in theology yeah. That yeah. makes that makes me think there's a lot of pleasantly quiet dinner tables in those statistics. You know what I mean? Like there's a <laughs> right, lot of right. they, they likely have family members and, and uh friends and acquaintances who are Christian as well, but nobody's really raising any issues and it bears out in, in the surveys.
0: Well, yeah, and, and you know, as as a pastor and as since we were pastors together, we saw this not often, thank God, but um you know, we we saw people in the church who existed Quietly in the church, while having wildly errant beliefs, like like wrong beliefs, right. but they sat and they listened to our preaching week after week. They were involved in every ministry of the church, but they never raised you know any sort of. Even though we were raising a fuss, you know, we were preaching and, and teaching what was what was true and what was what's revealed in Scripture, uh, and you know, it it might not have been until we stepped just a little too hard on their 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 particular belief. I'm you know, I'm trying not to dox anybody or or because or, honestly I don't really remember what the particular beliefs were, but um, you know, maybe we stepped a little too hard on their particular belief and then they were out of there. Or or they they you know, there was an explosion. Because right. instead of instead of actually having a you know sincere discussion uh it, where you know where maybe someone who we loved was was gonna have their Toes intentionally stepped on because of right. the, the truth of the word, um, you know. It just it just devolved. So right. anyway, we you know we saw that, but uh, yeah. That's so that's the individual. But something that and I, again we we had a whole podcast. You know, who do we work with? But something that I've encountered very recently here is you know we talked about being united under entertainment or for let's say for the sake of the culture, mm-hmm. united for the sake of the family, and then next is united for the sake of prayer. So something that. Um, we i was never really a, a big part of in the states but here is a really big part of evangelical life um here is praying together praying with other churches so there's an organization here that is uh the national council of evangelicals in France mm. and they kind of they don't run the show they're not the popery of uh of the evangelicals here but they do sort of they represent us to the government, you know, the government which thinks we're cultists. So it's, an, it's a good organization to have, you know. But I, recently on Facebook, on their, on their Facebook page, they announced, hey, September so-and-so, we're going to have a, an evening of prayer, and it's going to be between—and it was in some city or in some region, and it was all the Protestant churches and all the Roman Catholic churches and all the Orthodox churches, like Eastern mm-hmm. Orthodox churches. And it, it's just mind-blowing— because we are being exclusive, like you are exclusive yourself, National Council of Evangelicals in France, because you say that th- this is your doctrinal statement. You believe these things, and yet we're partnering together in prayer, which is, at, at its base form, it's we're speaking to God, we're 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 thanking Him, we're talking to Him, we're casting our cares on Him, and we're asking Him for things. We're talking to God with people who, in their Clear written teachings say that we are doomed for hell, we're anathema we're 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 not Christians, and we would say likewise of the other denominations or the uh, not denominations, the other faith streams, the other you know it, it would it would be as weird as the Mormon uh, tabernacle in your town inviting the Baptist Church to come into i don't know see a, do a do a Mormon baptism. Uh, or to, to 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 see the installation of of these new elder missionaries, whatever it is they're going to do, and he, here what I see so often is the Christians, the the well-meaning Christians, are so concerned that there are so few of us here that they will just cast aside all thought, and it's it's, it's the same thing with with your you know be united for the sake of family, but they'll cast aside all thought of what is actually true, what does the Bible actually say to let's be we we really need to be friendly with each other, and yeah. so the first step of being friendly is prayer, but how can you pray with someone who has a
1: different jesus than you so i I'll push back just a tiny bit okay um but just just to you know keep the conversation you know flowing the uh so there we, we could recognize that there's probably um, well, I say probably. There's there's certainly true believers within Roman Catholic churches as well as Eastern Orthodox churches. Um, right we we would we would recognize that um, sure. the, the, if i 'll just take Roman Catholicism for example we we have maintained before that if there's a true believer in a Roman Catholic parish that the Roman Catholic Church itself and and by that we 're including all the creeds and confessions of that Roman Catholic Church um, that is not helping them at all in their faith and if if God is at work in their lives, we can expect them to probably leave that church at some point and seek out one that is scripturally based. Um, but we would recognize that that there's that there's Christians within those uh, within those groups. What we're talking about more, though, is um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Sean. But you're you're saying, you know, the Roman Catholic parish down the street uh, calls our um, Protestant Reformed Church here and says, "Hey, we would like to get together, us two churches, and we're going to all pray with you, with one another." That's that's something far different than. Uh, than me having, for example, an ongoing dialogue with a Roman Catholic priest, or an ongoing dialogue with a Roman Catholic family um, that that has not left the Roman Catholic parish yet, and yet we have an ongoing dialogue where I'm trying to share truth with them out of Scripture. Well, That's something I, yeah. a bit different because you're 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 talking about when people gather to worship God. It's in that Isaiah sense of where God looks down on a sinful people and says, "I'm plugging my ears. Stop saying these prayers. I'm not listening." Like the Isaiah uh, one through six kind of context.
0: Hmm. Yeah, dialogue isn't. Prayer, so like, yeah, right, like, yeah. it's not. I if if that's where I was, it sounded like I was going. No, no, uh, no. That, I
1: was just saying that for the for the benefit of the listener. You're talking okay. about worship, right? Yeah, prayer yeah. is worship, absolutely. And
0: and uh, if the object of your worship, so for example, and and Josh, I know you know way more about Roman Catholicism than I do, but if you, the object of your worship is the Christ that is must be regularly crucified, uh, that is not the same Christ that has been. That died once for all for my sins. Mm-hmm. If if the idea is that you know when I repent, it's as if Christ was being crucified again, or if the sacrifice was happening again, it's not the same Christ. Uh, or if I pray and I'm praying with someone who is maybe even in their minds is praying to another intercessor and not just to the one mediator between God and man, Christ Jesus, but they are praying to Saint Whomever or Mary as the the the, the mediatrix, mm. the 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 um, well, another intercessor then that's not we cannot be united in prayer
1: well and even even to make it a little closer home closer to home rather I think most of the people that are listening to this are probably Protestant to our podcast that is um, so we as a church are choosy and I say choosy in the in the you know kind of broad brushstroke sense we're we're very thoughtful and prayerful about who we partner with among Christian churches. Um, and that may come across to some people as, well, you think you're the only true church and you think you're the last man standing and et cetera. And that's not it at all. But it's, you know, again, going back to those state of theology questions, if 58% of, uh, or excuse me, if 50% of, of evangelicals agree that God learns new things, Jesus wasn't God, the Holy Spirit's a force, we, we of course we can't partner with those churches because as you said, to, to so distort and uh, defame the the uh, the triune God that we serve. You're worshiping something with the same name, but it's not the God, the triune God of Scripture. You can call yeah, him yeah. God, but you're not calling on the God of Scripture.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and one thing I've learned a whole lot uh, recently, or the Lord has, I think, really really uh, helped me with recently. Um, there's not. Everything that I knew about labels in the States does not apply here. Um, No one knows what a Baptist is. Well, less because there are Baptist churches here, Mm. less than Baptist. No one's ever heard of a Methodist or a Presbyterian. Um, I mean, God forbid, if you say the word Arminian to someone who isn't a Calvinist, they would have no idea what an Arminian or a Calvinist is. Mm. Um, The the labels, which are very helpful and very necessary, uh, don't exist. So, you are forced to, even on a church level, you are forced to know the individuals of a church before you can make a judgment call based on, you know, what they if, is what they believe right? Because I can go to the website of, a den- of an association of churches here in France, uh, or a denomination uh, here in France, and it says one thing, and yet the churches spread out over the country, all are different. You know, one, one may have women, pastor, women, a uh, woman pastor and the other on the other side of the country may think that's abhorrent, but they're, they're a part of the same associate. So okay, anyway, yeah. one thing I've learned is that like individuals are individuals, individual churches have individual tendencies and beliefs. And obviously you see that in the States. You, you The Southern Baptist convention has uh Vody in it, Tom Askell in it, and then uh, Stephen Furtick. And so mm. you can't, I mean, you, you, you and Rick Warren, you you can't see, uh, you can't say that the Southern Baptist Convention as a as an entity has one you know Monolithic concept. type right. Yeah. So so of to to go back when you were pushing back a little, yes, there could be Roman cat like people who are a part of the Roman Catholic system who are genuine Christians. But as far as like the organization, like yeah. us as protest this Protestant organization is going to partner with the Roman Catholic organization for the sake of prayer. Right, um, and I and I use prayer specifically because it seems innocuous. It seems like, well, just just measure, just measure your speech and don't say, "Amen" and "A woman," like that guy did a while ago. <laughs> don't say that, and you'll be fine. Just say Jesus. <laughs> just say thank you, Lord, for what you've done, and you know, just just avoid it. We can even pray with Mormons if we just say, "Lord," why not? Right. No, that you know, I, I said very specifically because prayer is an act of worship, and God cares who you're worshiping. Okay. um. Yeah. So anyway, you know, I—that's uh, that's my. Um, those are my new French mouth noises, by the way. So if it sounded, I, it caught uncooked. me way
1: off guard. I was thoroughly confused. <laughs> Sorry, that that's that what, was from Sean's end. Just as a we, disclaimer,
0: that's what we do here. Uh, but anyway, you know, that was my thing. I think this next one is going to be the hottest topic, mm-hmm. and um, and maybe and maybe Josh will have more push pushback than than. Oh, I've got last one. I've
1: got pushback, buddy.
0: Well, I I definitely want you to I definitely want you to speak on this one, but uh, and I am not in the same situation as not again 99% of the people who are listening to this who live in the United States, but I've noticed uh, and I've talked to other missionaries who have since gone back to the United States like over the summer and uh, talked to them about what they have observed from the current state of things in the United States, but there is just this This gross, well, really, uh, probably more than I've ever seen in my lifetime, and it's not a very long life, I admit, but in a lot of people's lifetime, probably there's more division in the United States uh, politically than there has been um, in a long, 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 long time. Hmm. Um, To to the point where some people are seriously talking about civil war um, as if it were, you know, a light thing to talk about. Right. Uh, because of memes and stuff but uh memes are part of what i want to talk about today but united for the sake of politics and so this this was like part there there were three podcast episodes that i had in mind and this was one of them and it was you know i wanted to call it the enemy of my enemy is still my enemy and it's because what i've noticed a disturbing trend in that uh, and I, When I say I've noticed a disturbing trend, all I get to see of the United States right now is the Internet. So, you know, forgive me for that. Hmm. But what I see you people put on the Internet is uh, – well, I mean, you know, you people. But what I see Americans putting on the Internet is just regurgitation of, uh, I, you know, Prager U or The Daily Wire or what whoever is popular on uh, the social media platforms, the various ones – Who are saying the most? Not offensive, but just like we always talk about the mic drop. You know, like life is lived in the in these these sort of these rap battles. You know, it's like who can make the biggest uh, insult and then just pass the mic to the other right. guy yep. to, to shoot their shots. It's weird. No one's talking to each other. They're just like telling your mama jokes. And mm. then this is what I used to do. I went to school in Memphis. This is what we used to do. We used to talk, your mama's so fat, this. Okay, well, your mama's so ugly, this. This is like this is like that, and it's weird. This is American politics. <laughs> your mama's so fat jokes. But um, uh, uh, this is what I'm seeing. And, and people have... Accumulated for themselves these idols and these these Tucker Carlson's and these Ben Shapiro's and these uh, whatever the Prager you guy I know his last name Prager but uh, they Den- accumulate Dennis? for the yes yes yeah. that's it they accumulate for themselves for themselves these guys who say what they're thinking or or or, or, or who can articulate um, uh, who, who can articulate coherently and oftentimes very intelligently yeah. um, but in the case of like Joe Rogan no mm. but. Um, You know who can articulate these these thoughts. You know the commentary on the world, right? And so it doesn't matter if you're a liberal and you're watching, you know, the Young Turks and all these other and these people. um, But you you know, whatever your political affiliation, you've you've accumulated these. Not you, not accusing, but a lot of people have accumulated these these talking heads or these pundits who are not necessarily Christian, or they might be like Christian adjacent. So in the case of you know. In the case of like you there's a couple of people affi- affiliated with them who say they're Christian. In the case of the Daily Wire, there's a couple of people, but like Ben Shapiro is an Orthodox Jew who's very vocal about that. Um, but but these 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 political pundits and these and these politicians and these uh, these talking heads don't necessarily espouse Christian values. They espouse right wing american political values and 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 what i've seen is people have united themselves under the banner of republicanism or um, democratism or liberalism rather than under the banner of christ and are using these people as like their mouthpieces and uh or at least
1: or at least the, the they're allowing them to be the people that are shaping their thoughts and opinions yes and yes. that's that's for me pastorally and I know for you too it, it, that's very troubling is that you know we, 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 we say all the time that you should read widely and listen to a wide variety of sources and all of those sorts right. of things and, and we also affirm you can eat the meat and spit out the bones right so I can I can read somebody who I disagree with on 50 percent but I can learn from him in the other 50 percent or at least be aware and, and grow that way um, but with stuff like this, if you're listening to, yeah, if you're listening to an angry pundit or a political figure or a YouTube channel or whatever it might be, and they're yeah, they're teaching you how to prepare for an economic collapse or they're teaching you how to uh, protest against you know overreaching government or they're you know whatever it might be, um, if you're listening to that though and their their worldview is a non-godly worldview, then that's going to be informing the way you think. And that, that's what really yeah. worries me for people is that you may listen to a political pundit that has a lot of good things to say about how politics are, are not going well in America. That's easy enough to do. We can all look around and say, yes, politics, do bow the knee before God. Christ is the Lord of all things, including politics. And yes, our politics are out of control right now. Yes, we can all see that. But if it's coming from a pundit who has a anti-God worldview, and that is anybody other than the ones who have bowed to the knee to the one true triune God. Then that's going to taint our whole our whole thought process, the whole way we're interpreting things.
0: Absolutely. And um, you know, part of the the enemy of my enemy is still my enemy kind of thing was one of the sad things that I've noticed is that that uh, well, Bill Maher, when I was growing up, I remember he was, and probably you remember too, mm-hmm. um, being as as aged as you are. He was Thank like you. the left's man right oh, yeah. he was he was like him and and um who was the guy that came the daily show John Daly, you know like they were like John the, Stewart John Stewart, yeah, yep. no, no, John daly that different guy but <laughs> um, uh John Stewart, yeah, but like they were they combined comedy and like their quick wit, but they right. were defi- definitely left leaning but what i 've noticed now is that christians christian conservative christians conservative politically conservative uh theologically christians um are hitching their wagon, to use that expression again, behind homosexuals because they're Republican, mm. or or hitching their wagon behind really vulgar, crass uh, people like who are not Christian mm. just because they're Republican, right? Um, and th- and that's alarming to me. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that you can't agree with a homosexual on um, certain uh, economic policies or whatever it might be, but when you look at the state of the world, or the state of the United States right now, with transgenderism and how everything—it just seems like lunacy is reigning. Uh, it's very easy for—I mean, because Bill Maher now is people are calling him right-wing because he's pointing out the the logical inconsistencies of things like transgenderism and and you know uh, things like that. Right. And and so you have Christians, and and he is not a Christian. He is. Anti-Christian, but Christians are, are you know reposting him and following him just because he agrees with particular talking points, and it absolutely uh, who you listen to, who you follow, who you um, uh, you know take uh, take political cues from affects the way that you react and live and 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 speak in daily life. Um, one of the things that has become really concerning is it seems like. More, you know, we live in a sensationalist age where the only way to get attention is to buy is, is by having clickbait or you know whatever kind of bait. Just click here, look at this. Give me give me ten seconds of your time so I can have you know more advertising revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so so people will will sensationalize every news headline, and and I've seen conservative Republicans on mass, uh, especially about like Second Amendment issues. I have never seen more Christians wanting to kill somebody, uh, literally, like posting on Facebook, oh, if these, these armed tax collectors come to my door, yeah. I got something for them. Oh, if, if they want to come and take my guns, I got something for them, yeah. you know, this kind of stuff. And, and it's when I say alarming, I mean honestly alarming, surprising who is saying—Christians are saying that they're ready to kill a government agent— because they're 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 they're, they're going to take their guns or or whatever it, whatever it might be, um, honestly alarming stuff. And it seems to stem from this 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 tide, this influx of content that we're consuming that that is not your friend. It's not it's not trying to help you. It's trying to make money off of you. Mm. Um, you know, one of the things that Kendall and I do, uh, and I think most married couples uh, do now, is we send funny videos or memes and stuff just back and forth to each other so we'll be sitting you know two two inches down on the couch and the kids have gone to bed it's like 10 at night and we're just you know we'll be scrolling on social media or something we find a funny video and we send it to each other we just do that but the way that social media works is if you share if you click if you if your eyes are engaged because yes your phone is watching you it's not a secret anymore but if your eyes are engaged with this content The algorithm is such that you will see this content again. Right. And so if you see a sensationalist headline that says Joe Biden wants you to kill your dog uh, and you click on it and you read it and you spend five minutes reading it, then guess what Facebook is going to show you? Right. Kamala Harris said something silly this weekend. You're know, you going to see this over and over. And the opposite is true. Donald Trump is the stupidest person on earth. Oh, yeah, I'm going to read that. Oh, Donald Trump did this. Yada, 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 yada. You're going to see the same thing over and over. That's not... It's not. You're not discovering. Echo
1: chamber is what you're describing. Yes, you're not
0: discovering something new. In fact, you're only hearing the what you want to hear, what you want to engage in, and you're only being exposed uh, to the things that you that that you know you've been sucked in by, Um, and and you can't follow these. We can't be united. We can't say, um, well, primarily. What I wanted to say is primarily we're to be united under the banner of Christ, not whatever political persuasion. You know, we 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 fall to, and it seems like I I just don't see that here in in France where there's 800 political parties. Right. Um, it just doesn't work that way here. All people have their pet issues, but it just doesn't seem so toxic to use that word. It doesn't seem so um, well, honestly, debilitating to the Christian life here. Mm. But uh, in the states, it seems like more and more people are uniting under the banner of republicanism and that that elephant logo than they are under the banner of christianity
1: well and we could we could probably talk a lot about why that is and and the, how, how the the political parties because essentially we 're a two party system at this point i've always i 've always tried to make the case for the necessity of a third party, but we, we we know that it comes down to Republican versus Democrat, and we could talk about some of the ways the Democratic party has gone in recent years that have made many who would not have identified as Republicans feel they have no other option than to identify as Republicans yeah, and that yeah. starts to, that starts to breed a certain sense of tribalism, so on the one hand, we can say we want to encourage Christians to vote for whatever party. Um, is following God's standards the most? Uh, to you know, to a certain extent, that should play into your voting. Is that uh, sure, sure. we we don't want to vote for any party that is going certainly against uh, what God has clearly said in Scripture. Um, you know, if we're given that option, but that doesn't make that party our home. And I think that's what a lot of Christians have been working out. Um, on the one hand, I think that we absolutely need to bring our Christian convictions into into politics. Um, politics is not something you do and then you go to church. Uh, you're, yeah. you're, Christ is the Lord of all of life, including politics, including how you vote, um, and we can't for a second try to divorce those two from, from one another. But what Sean's talking about, though, is like those kind of uh, – Uh, Pretty much where you make your bed, where where your home is. If your home is more in the Republican Party than it is in the uh, Body of Christ, that's where the problem comes in. Um, You know, I I heard somebody a long time ago say. He said, "I have I have more in common with the." Oh, what was all the descriptors he attached? It was essentially like somebody of a different political persuasion, uh, speaks a different language, lives in a different area of the world, et cetera, et cetera. I have more in common with them if they're a Christian than I do with the guy that votes like me, lives right next door to me, does all the same things I like to do, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, And I think think that's worth pointing out.
0: Um, Absolutely. That's good. Uh, You know, kind of the the last thing about this particular thing that I wanted to encourage everyone—and again— this is not to. This is not to um, drive you to go and to to start e- either getting mad at yourself for having done this or anybody else for having done this. But um, I think that part and parcel of this 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 new wave of of how we communicate and part and parcel of this new wave of how we understand politics in the United States, right. um, you know, where where like I said, everything's a rap battle or a mic drop moment, is that. Uh, you owning the libs uh as a Christian republican is not a christian virtue
1: uh oh uh um, oh sean i'm gonna well, need you to back this up chapter and verse <laughs>
0: okay well i have I have a few um, there we go but uh but but one thing that's kind of surprising to me is that you know and and this is not a surprise, but most christians um I remember when I was young and I was a young christian and i was i was i was into music and I was playing guitar and i was uh I I had been convicted about some of the music that I was listening to to because it had bad language in it, Uh, like explicit, the language itself was explicit. Um, But then I was, I felt much more relieved when I would listen to music that said the exact same things just without cuss words Mm. uh, so that it could be played on the radio. And I I honestly felt relieved about that. And I feel like people are the same. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can be 80 years old and feel the same way because we have this tendency towards moralism and we have this tendency toward... Uh, you know whether we understand it as this or not, just changing our outward appearances, you know, to to kind of fit in. And so the ubiquity of the online meme, the "Let's Go Brandon" thing, which was is it, is just a meme and it's replacement words for uh, something very vulgar and, right. and anti Joe Biden.
1: Something that no Christian, no matter what you believe about politics, should say.
0: Yes, uh, but That's because there's right because there is no uh swear word in that phrase let's go brandon right. christians felt very comfortable posting that all over social media oh gas prices are high let's go brandon oh look at this uh this this guy just fell fell down let's go right. brandon you know whatever whatever it is that people are responding to and it's it's vile it's vulgar and there are uh, there is scripture that very clearly talks about how we are supposed to interact with and speak about our elected leaders, and I, and and people they, they they did this they did this little song and dance where Joe Biden was elected president in the United States, and so they made a Facebook post or a whatever post, and they said, well, we know that the Lord is in control, and so we should pray for uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris uh, because they are our elected officials. Um, yada yada yada. Yep. We're going to do that. So there's that Christian post in the next week. There's unemployment problems. Oh, thanks, thanks, Joe. Oh, and then and then, oh, sharing a sharing a picture of of this, or, or or sharing a video of this, or doing this, and it's just like, well, that is it doesn't look like you're praying and expecting God to work through the leader of this nation. It looks like you're you're making fun of a uh, making fun of someone, and you're right. making fun of the leader of the country. But here, let's see what the Lord has to say about it. So, First Timothy two one through two. Uh, this is something that most people know. First of all, Paul says to young Timothy and the Lord, the Holy Spirit says to Christians, first of all then, I urge that supplications, uh, requests, prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead. So I urge that these things happen, that you pray for your rulers and all who are in high positions so that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life godly and dignified in every way uh first peter 2 13 through 17 one of my favorite passages of scripture be subject for the lord's sake for the lord's sake be subject to every human institution whether it be to the emperor as supreme now uh, uh thank god that we, we we do not live under emperors and caesars and um uh people who think that they themselves are gods. Mm -hmm. But God says, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Mm. Um, Titus 3, 1, through 1 and 2 says, remind them, speaking to Titus, about to the church that uh, he was an overseer of, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Mm. Uh, and then we can't forget... Also, uh, Romans 13.1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. That's the key point. Everyone who was in those positions, you might have posted it on Facebook a couple years ago when he was elected, but it's still true. There is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Mm. And Proverbs 21.1, a very uh, comforting passage uh, for Christians, it should be, is that the king's heart is a stream of water, and it, this is the, the wisdom, Uh, passage in in Proverbs. The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He, the Lord, turns it wherever he will. Mm. Uh, So when we think about how God talks about our earthly rulers, and during covid when when uh, uh Justin Trudeau and Canada and and the governors of the different provinces of, of of Canada were were telling churches to shut down we talked about this how where how far do we obey what do you know and we talked about whether or not we obey god rather than man but the uh, so there is obviously um Room, room to talk there as far as, you know, what do we do when, uh, when there's a sinful leader? How do we obey when there's a sinful leader? But right. what is clear in every single passage is that you show respect, you show uh, honor, you show courtesy to those who God has set in place over you. Right. And you do it not to, 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 to satisfy your own um, you know, your own kind of Christian morality, to know that you didn't say anything naughty about the president, but to honor God. You you obey God in honoring uh the rulers or the governors who are put in charge over you to honor God. Right. Um so anyway, it's uh um it's 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 been concerning to see it, but it's I, I again I present it as a as a as a as content for personal reflection. I'll keep saying that.
1: Nice. But uh
0: yeah, anyway. Um yeah. So so that's it. Uh that was like four Sean diatribes, I like Hope- it. Okay. It's usually it's usually
1: a Josh ramble, so I like the Sean diatribe.
0: It's it's like I said, uh, I, I you know with the state of theology having come out this well like yesterday, right. uh, I think it really it it really it really fits well um, into our theme of. Good doctrine is what establishes your good living, right. and not just your good living, but your good thinking. Right? Um, you know what you think about God affects the way you think about everything.
1: Uh, and, and and yeah, and and like Sean's angling toward there with that last comment, it's fruitful thinking, right? It's, it's thinking that actually plays out in your in your practice, um, the the way you actually think, and that includes the the the. Input that comes into your mind that helps to shape how you think—that's going to come out in your practice and in your heart condition. And and if we can, if we can say from anything from Christians, much less the state of theology thing, um, we can say that Christians need uh, we we need to always be working on our our actual practice and the heart condition that lies behind it. And maybe it yeah. maybe may especially right now in our day and age, with with all of the things that we've discussed in this episode swirling around us. So yeah, good stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So as far as the topic or topics are concerned, that's, that's, that's all I've got. Um, is there anything else, anything else you want to say about it?
1: Not really. Um, I don't have any book recommendations. Um, I wrote one and you didn't let me talk about it and just, uh, I just got the notification. The second one is now available on Amazon. Um, okay. but you haven't talked about that one either, Sean. So you don't want to read <laughs> my books. You don't want to talk with me about them. That makes me sad, but I'll forgive you
0: no okay well that's untrue you have,
1: you have heard me talk for you know hours a week for a couple of years now so whatever i've <laughs> written down no doubt you've already heard me you stumble we'll, through it at some point
0: do this then for everybody because we'll put links can you buy them both on amazon
1: uh yeah yeah they're both available on amazon yep
0: so we will put links to both down in the uh, uh, under below um, wherever the 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 doodly do and uh, whatever podcast app you're using, <laughs> you can just click it with your big on meaty the fingers
1: on the what's a call it and the doodly do. Yep.
0: Yeah, but what what I want you to do is tell everybody, obviously the the topics of each of these books, but are they written for uh, a different audience or you know? Yeah. You know, who do you recommend grab grab either book?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm glad you put that in there at the end because yeah, I don't want anybody biting off biting off something and not knowing what they bit off. So the first one was uh, it was called um, the Exorcism of Satan and it is a uh, essentially it's a it's a theological work that examines what happened when Christ says he defeated Satan with his life, death, and resurrection. Um, okay. That is that is the synopsis of the book, and then I walk through old through New Testament. Um, who Satan is, how he is defeated, and what that means for the Christian. Um, It's an academic-leaning work. If, you're, if, you're, uh, if your brain kind of works in that way, there's extensive footnotes, for example, is one of the things you'll see with academic works. You'll see some of the Greek language worked into the, the discussion. Um, and just the, the general tone of it is a little more scholarly and a little less popular level. So okay. um, it, it's obviously it's, it's something I'm passionate about and have talked about for a while, but that's how the book is written. Now, the second one's a little less academic. Um, the second one is um, is about the Great Commission. So it's called The King's Command, which I found out is apparently also a series of... Uh, <laughs> romance of, novels. Yeah, rather trashy romance novels. <laughs> I, I trust nobody's going to get those two confused, so that's <laughs> at least good. But uh, yeah, it's called The King's Command, uh, the, and then subtitled The Great Commission and Christ's Victory. And uh, it's it's a less academic book, but it's still a little bit academic in the sense... or it's, it's not academic, it's biblical. So th- this one's written a little more middle of the road. Um, okay. it, you could use it for Bible studies. I kind of aimed it toward pastors and those who uh, teach Scripture within their local church or even seminary students—that's kind of the the target aim. Um, but yeah, it's it's working through the Great Commission as kind of a capstone of Christ's or of uh, of God's ministry in this world. So the Great Commission being given not as something new nor as something that does not carry on into eternity, but instead it's kind of one of those high points in this big uh, redemptive story that we're a part of in Scripture.
0: Good. Um, well, I know I'm looking forward to reading the second one because I'm I'm in the process of reading the, uh, the exorcism of Satan, um, which like you said, it is more academic, so it is taking me a little longer, but it's, it's mm-hmm. worthy reading. So I'm, I am definitely looking forward to getting my hands on the second one and soon the third one, which we can also, will will put links to and stuff, um, uh, you know, when, when, when you got that out.
1: It's really, it's, and it, it, yeah, it was, it was not, it was not on purpose that all three kind of popped out the same almost month. Uh, apart Man, from one another, this the yeah. the first one was in the works for, you know, like two years. So that's yeah, it's not like a quick process.
0: No, yeah, yeah, it's definitely not like write, writing writing a, a Twitter blog or anything like that. Like this is it's been a culmination of of many years of work, and so I'm really excited for other people to get to 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 hear from you. Yeah, um, in that context. But I have been reading. So you didn't read, which I, I doubt you actually did. Didn't read. You just don't want to list the 400 books that you read. Um, I have been reading, and I have some encouragement. But the, the books I've been reading is, are books that we have mentioned a lot: uh, Basic Christianity. But I'm I'm I started it in French, uh, nice. and then I'm reading a book called Well, it's a biography of Count von Zinzendorf. Who I don't nice. think I've ever mentioned him on the, and this, this is also in French. But I don't think I've ever mentioned him on the podcast. But it's like the most ironic human being that ever existed because. The quote that I will have on my tombstone, if I have a tombstone, mm. is his most famous quote, which is, preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. And it's very ironic because it's his most famous quote, and he says, preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. But it's my, it's my favorite. It's been my, my life motto for many years. Um, I love it. But I'm reading a, a biography of his, Count von Zinzendorf, and it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. But but uh. you know, it's kind of an academic exercise also because it's in French, and so that's why gotcha. mostly why I'm reading it. But uh, theologically, me and the count uh, differ a lot. He was from a kind of the founder of the Moravian movement, um, of which I have a great the Moravian missionaries I have a great uh, great bit of respect for. But as far as theology, we're a little different. Mm. Um, been reading man, most of these books are not going to be interesting to anybody else, but 60 million Frenchmen can't be wrong. It's a really long, um, it's like what 300, a, what a
1: title. <laughs> wow. It's a,
0: it's a cultural analysis, uh, definitely secular. And that has nothing to do with Christianity. It's 400 pages of cultural analysis, uh, between, uh, the Anglo-Saxon world and the, um, French world, the really, the Latin world. But, mm-hmm. um, anyway, that and, uh, and probably something else that, that doesn't matter. But in this, I wanted to say, wanted to give a big encouragement. I, something else I've been thinking about a lot. What? Who is the William? Josh, you're going to have to remind me. I always quote him, but it's one of the Williams. It's not Wilberforce. I don't know why I have that in my head right now. But one of the Williams during the Re- Protestant Reformation was staying with a, a mayor or a governor or something like that. And he was talking, he was a Bible translator. Remember, it, was, it wasn't Tyndale, was it? Or was it Tyndale? who said he was arguing with the guy and he said, "I will cause the plowboy, or I will, I will have the plowboy to know more of the scriptures than the Pope."
1: Oh, that was a. Oh, good grief! If you hadn't asked me, well, not, would, I can't, I can't, I can't pull it out of my head right now.
0: Was he the one who was who was burned and strangled on the stake, and and his last words were, "Lord, open the King of England's eyes." I think it was. This is this is this is good.
1: Just talk yeah. amongst yourselves. W- William Tyndale. William oh, it was Tyndale. Tyndale. Okay, yep, it was.
0: So I always I always think about that quote. Um, and one of the one one of his things was he was a Greek scholar. Um, there's also the story I think that you told me. Maybe I don't remember in what context it was about the little little boy who was a shepherd. That the only, uh, and this is before most people had access to could read or had access to reading materials. Um, this little boy who was spent all his days in the field tending the sheep, I don't know if it was analogy or true. I think it was true, what you told me. But um, he ended up learning the Greek, learning Greek, Koine Greek, in order to study the Scriptures. Mm. Um, and, and, and I think about those two things a lot, you know, in kind of in my own language learning journey. And most people believe that learning foreign languages, languages other than their own native language, is isn't most Christians American Christians think it's an only an exercise for missionaries right. um, obviously i am I have learned French I'm still in the process of learning French because I am a Christian missionary in a country where they speak mo- mostly French, and you might think, well, why would I need to speak any other language if I live in Michigan mm. um, I would recommend uh if you if you have the opportunity um you should learn a, at least a second language. Uh, I have found it so incredibly enriching because one, I can, I can be exposed to, to, to other, uh, other, and I'm, and I'm talking about Christian things, but I can be exposed to other Christians. Uh, you know, I can sit in a church in France and hear biblical preaching and in the, in the, where I, you know, would not be able to, I would have to watch Josh or something at at four Mm. o'clock on Sunday afternoons uh, if the live stream works, uh, and if I wanted to get it in English. But, um, you know, I'm even in a country not my own, or I mean, even in a country that would be my own, learning another language would be so enriching and give you a a wonderful opportunity to use that language to share the gospel in someone who speaks that language. Right. And um, I looked up, uh, when I was thinking about this, I looked up what is the least... Not, you know, notwithstanding just like the little almost dead languages of Alaska or whatever, but what is the what, what 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 country has the language that is least spoken? And then I did the math, and the average person lived so many days, but the population that natively spoke this language exceeded those days. So if you learned even just a language that only had, you know, 80,000 native speakers and you shared the gospel with one of them a day, you would never run out of people to share the gospel with in that language. Mm. And it just was, it's just been something on my mind that I really wanted to encourage people, you know, as I'm talking about reading French books, it's not to brag. It's just, I I find it, it's a huge blessing from the Lord that I'm able to Mm. uh, read books by by French Christian authors who are not going to get published. I mean, because Josh, you know, let's be real, your book right now is, unless I translate it, you know, probably is not going to be translated into French, you know, until right. it's a, a New York Times bestseller. So, you know, I have <laughs> I, I have opportunities right. to, to 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 hear from from saints from from other uh, uh, other places. So, you know, share being able to share the gospel in a new language that's it's a huge uh, huge reason why you, I think Christians should be. Um, multilinguists but right. also so that you can benefit from the writings in that language um, you know moreover if you if you want to put emphasis into not French or Spanish or German or Russian or or whatever other modern language learn Hebrew or and learn Greek so that you can read God's word in the original languages or you can at least study uh, God's word uh, with knowledge of That part of the context that it would be such a huge blessing to you, and that that doesn't need to be reserved just for seminary students. So that just just because I felt like I was humble bragging every time I'm like, yeah, I'm just reading these books in French. It's not that. It's I I really counted a great blessing that I get to, uh, and I feel like the Lord has opened up so many new doors and so many new opportunities. Uh, obviously, I'm here to share the gospel, but I get to share the gospel with people who I couldn't last year. Uh, you know, I've—I don't know—it's—it's an, it's an incredible blessing. So, if yeah. you want, if you want to break yourself a piece of that Kit Kat bar, then start learning French, Josh.
1: Okay, <laughs> I'll put it on the to-do list. Okay. Right on. We've gone about three hours, so I say we wrap it up for now. But okay, um, any questions on this? Uh, shoot us an email: gooddoctrinepodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'll even plan on uh, next episode, um, if we get a couple emails in, I'll even talk on that one. Um, and I'll offer, <laughs> yeah, no, shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you guys. And honestly, it, it is so encouraging to hear um, whenever one of you reaches out and just lets us know that um, that stuff is connecting and that it's helpful. Um, mm-hmm. That's 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 all we're looking for. And so mm-hmm. praise God, praise God for that. Uh, but yeah, hope you'll join us next time. And in the meantime, we do continue to pray that your good doctrine will continue to establish good living.